Our Old Testament reading this morning is from the book of the prophet Zechariah in the seventh chapter, beginning verse 8 and continuing through verse 13. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. And the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Render true judgments, show kindness and mercy to one another. Do not oppress the widow, the fatherless, the sojourner, or the poor, and let none of you devise evil against another in your heart. But they refused to pay attention and turned a stubborn shoulder and stopped their ears that they might not hear. They made their hearts diamond hard, lest they should hear the law and the words that the Lord of hosts had sent by his spirit through the former prophets. Therefore, great anger came from the Lord of hosts. As I called and they would not hear, so they called and I would not hear, says the Lord of hosts. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. We continue to hear about our theme of call this morning as we turn to the gospel according to Matthew in the fourth chapter beginning at verse 18 and continuing through verse 22, where we hear his account of the calling of the first disciples. Again, I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. As he, Jesus, walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father, Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Here ends this reading. From God's holy word. Recorded here in the gospel according to Matthew, Jesus' calling of his first disciples is a short and a happy story. The Messiah is out for a stroll along a section of the lake shore that he must have been quite familiar with. He saw a pair of fishermen invited them to come along on a novel sort of fishing expedition, and they readily accepted. Then he spotted another pair with their father, and he called for them to join in, and they also were eager to oblige. That's all there was to it. Among all the healings and the miracles and the wonders that he would perform, it seems that acquiring followers was a pretty simple thing for Jesus to do. The Lord sends out a request, and just like that, it's fulfilled. Now, things don't always happen so quickly or so tidily as this throughout the New Testament. Jesus and those who agreed to follow him on his ministry journeys as well as those who would come after and continue to spread the good news of the gospel, indeed, would find themselves in some rather difficult situations 
with some rather messy outcomes. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. For the moment, let us soak in the succinct success of the first converts to Christ. There were two pairs of two men, brothers and brothers, in fact, and they would grow to become more than just biological brothers. They would become brothers in arms, and more importantly and consequentially, they would become brothers in Christ. They were local boys from the same area Jesus had spent roughly three decades already. Chances are their paths may have crossed before at one time or another. These four disciples were all engaged in the fishing industry. We know that James and John were following in their father's footsteps, for he was in the boat with them when Jesus came by and called. The same may well have been the case for Simon, Peter, and Andrew, as it would have been very common for boys to grow into the profession of their father, Based on Jesus' remark about those who catch fish, I have to think that there was something about such men which the master felt would be particularly suited to the mission that lay ahead of them. And it seems as if these four were up for a challenge, or at least for a change of pace. Here was a unique opportunity that was being presented to them an opening to break free from the expectations and responsibilities that others had placed on them, a possibility to control their own destiny, perhaps, a chance to take on an adventure that was far removed from the ordinary world of fishing. I don't know whether they had any inkling that the expedition Jesus was about to lead would last more than a few days or not. Of course, whatever they knew or didn't know in advance, the Holy Spirit was very much involved in both the invitation that they received and the acceptance they gave, just as the same Spirit continues to be involved in these sorts of things, even in our lives in this day. Later this morning, at our annual congregational meeting, we'll be attending to some necessary business of the church. One of the important items on the agenda will be the election of officers to serve on the boards of deacons and elders, respectively. The nominating committee has been at work over the past several months, brainstorming, praying, discerning and contacting individuals from among the membership whom they believe would serve this congregation well as officers. The names of the folks whom the Spirit has led the nominating committee to recommend will be put forward at the meeting, and the body, you, the congregation at large, will be invited to consider the wisdom of the nominations and act accordingly. Though you may not feel it, I am convinced that the Holy Spirit will be at work in that process as well. Those who are nominated and elected 
to offices in the church, and all those who respond to an individual call to Christ share something in common with Simon Peter and Andrew, James and John, all those who are willing to accept the call to service with and for Jesus leave something to do it. Perhaps it isn't putting down nets on the shoreline or in a boat, but it does involve giving up, giving up a way of living. Making a commitment to serve Jesus requires us to cancel a a previous commitment to serving something or someone else, quite often ourselves. We are not magically granted any more hours in a day or days in a year when we make such a decision. So we have to reorder and reprioritize the finite amount of time that we have already been so graciously granted by the author of our day. Simon, Peter, and Andrew, James, and John, before their encounter with Jesus, had given over their lives to fishing. Whether they thought they had a choice in the matter or not, that's what they were up to when Jesus came a-calling. We all give our lives to something, but as we are reminded again this morning in our gospel reading, that something can be subject to change as we hear the voice of Jesus calling. Perhaps the lives of these two sets of brothers may have been better if there had been no summons from God, if they had been left alone to continue in the drudgery of their work. They were at least providing for their most basic needs, after all. And, as we would learn throughout the pages of the first gospel, after beginning their association with Jesus and his ministry, things would get increasingly complicated and difficult for these four men. Ultimately, each and every one of them would be murdered for their association with this rabbi from Galilee. But, in the final analysis, all four of them would have died anyway. Whether it would have been as a result of a tragic fishing accident, or foodborne illness, or a heart attack, or cancer, or a pandemic, or on account simply of old age, something would have led to their deaths, just as it will ours. None of us is going to live indefinitely. But until that last breath, what we choose to do can make a very big difference in our own lives and in the world. The impact these four men might have had on the world had they declined the lakeside invitation from Jesus will never be known. But the impact these four men had on the world because they accepted is known. And it is very consequential. And we are really not so different. Yes, we can choose to live on our own, for ourselves, apart from the call of Jesus. And we will be written about one day in a kindly obituary that lists those relatives who either predeceased us or survived us, 
Or we can live as those who have accepted a call from Jesus to be in his service. Then we will be written about one day in a kindly obituary that lists those relatives who either predeceased us or survived us. But our names will also appear in the book of the Lamb. And perhaps there will be an entry that details what part we've played in that great saga of redemption called the kingdom of God. That's the beauty of the gift of free will. We can choose to live either way with or without God in Jesus. But as we're reminded again in our Old Testament reading from Zechariah, as I called and they would not hear, saith the Lord, so they called and I would not hear. There are consequences to all of our actions. We know that Peter and Andrew, James and John chose. And we know that the work for which they are remembered was far afield from that in which they had worked before they had this encounter with Jesus. The work each of us has been called to do may also be pretty far from our chosen field of study or our life's work up to that point. We too may be led out of our comfort zones, but make no mistake about it, whatever the Lord calls us to do, He most certainly prepared us for, whether we realize it or not. The willingness of these first four disciples to go with the Lord at His invitation is an example for us of courage and commitment and, yes, faith. As they believed that Jesus would lead them in ventures that would be worthy of investing their lives in, I think that here... In the recording of this account in the Gospel according to Matthew, the author was intending for future readers and hearers of the word to answer this question for themselves. Do I believe that Jesus has my best interests at heart? Can he be trusted with my time, my talent, my treasure, my life? That's what the call of the master is really all about. And for that, we may truly say, thanks be to God and amen.